I'm Catherine Tomlinson and I started an eco-conscious pottery company called Oxford Clay. So I don't just make pottery, I make resources for other potters wanting to be more eco-friendly in their pottery practice. And that's what this podcast is all about. It's about sharing everything I've learned along my eco-conscious pottery journey with you. And I'm so glad you're here with me. Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Oxford Clay Pottery Podcast. I'm Catherine Tomlinson and in today's episode we're going to be talking about some really simple material swaps that you can do in pottery to be more eco-conscious. Okay so um, in pottery a lot of the materials are quite similar and it is possible to kind of switch materials um, if one is um, you know say like more eco-conscious than another um, and that is not going to cause your clay or glaze you know any major problems. Um, So that's what we're basically talking about now we're going to be talking so we're talking about materials that you might be you know mixing into a glaze Um, you might be you know using in a glaze recipe Um, if you make your own clay you might be using some of these in a clay Um, and we're just going to talk about you know some very easy swaps you can make that really won't make a difference to that um, much of a difference (laughs) that that glaze you're making or that clay you're making Um, okay so um, and these are things that I've actually tried there's they're tried and tested um, material swaps Um, so I just thought like that I tell you about them because they have, um, they've, I guess they've improved the environmental friendliness of my pottery practice. Um, and, and I'll sort of tell you the rationale for that as well. So, um, okay, so the rationale is that, um, that using materials closer to you is actually, um, it will cut down on you know, CO2 emissions because it's cut down on the haulage and the transportation that's been that's needed to get that material to you. So, um, so for example, if you think about, you know, so wherever you are, there'll be local natural materials that you can use for pottery. Um, and those will have less of a carbon footprint than if you were kind of trying to use materials from like the other side of the world, for example. So that's one of the basic sort of principles, the basic rationale for some of these material swaps. Um, so other the other rationale that's used for some of the material swaps is that some materials, the way the supply chains of them are sort of um, less kind of uh it cause more harm basically to sort of animals people and the environment than other um materials in the way that they're mined and um like sort of processed and transported so um so let's get on to the materials and you'll see what i mean um so when i was first uh, making my casting slip um feldspar was one of the key ingredients um for the casting slip and feldspar you know it's also using glazes so this might be relevant you know if you're using it as an ingredient um in a glaze it kind of melts this beautiful like shiny um glassy substance in a glaze so in the casting slip i was like right i need a feldspar i need a feldspar with a very high melting point because when you're making um, slip cast work it's very prone to warping anyway but you need a feldspar with a very high melting uh, temperature so that when it's fired in the kiln it sort of 
um, stops the the pot from warping as much. So if you've got a lower um, feldspar, a feldspar with a lower melting point, it can just like warp your work um, when it's when it's fired, basically, which is like really annoying, as you can imagine. So um, so the the one with the highest melting point I found was potash feldspar. And that feldspar, like when I was looking down the list in the pottery supplier, you know, I was looking online, I could see all the different feldspars they stocked and where they came from, basically. And potash feldspar is, you know, the most ideal feldspar really um, for me, but that was mined in um, USA. And I wondered if there was one that was like mined closer, you know, I thought about like the kind of CO2 emissions that would take, you know, from you know, um, basically transporting it from USA, you know, all the way over to um, the UK. And I just wondered if there was a feldspar that was closer to me. Um, and I looked down the list and I could see that there was soda feldspar and that was actually mined in Spain. So like, you know, pretty close. Um, but soda feldspar actually has two lower melting point um, for, which I found out after making some pots with soda feldspar. <laughs> so I found out that actually soda feldspar in a casting slip was too low a melting point to kind of withstand the stoneware glaze firing temperatures. So um, yeah, I had a lot of warping basically problems. So I thought, right, <laughs> after that, I'm gonna need a feldspar with a higher melting point than soda feldspar, but you know, try and get it as close as possible. And then I found FFF feldspar, which is um, from Finland, basically. So that is the feldspar that I started using in like all my um, slip cast wear. So it was, um, it had a high enough melting point to um, withstand uh, being fired to like stoneware glaze temperatures, but, and it also came from like, you know, closer to me than, um, than you know, a potash feldspar from the USA. So, um, so that's that's one material swap that I made. I made a conscious decision to get my feldspar rock, uh, powder rock, from as close as source as I possibly could. Um, okay, so another um, another material that this works really well with is china clay. So um, there's a china clay called EPK china clay. Now, just to say they do have slightly different kind of properties, but I have switched um, EPK china clay out of my, um, out of my uh, slip casting recipe and glazes for um, a different china clay called Groleg china clay, which is from Cornwall with no major um, problems. So, um, you know, it, I think it really comes down to like your individual circumstances, but um, I switched those. So EBK China Clay uh, was like, you know, it's mined internationally. And then um, Groleg China Clay was mined, you know, so super close to, to where I live um, in the UK. So I was like, well, why don't I use Groleg China Clay and just, you know, see, I think they do, ha they are ever so slightly different, but I've not noticed any difference in my work at all. So, um, that was a really easy material swap um, to make. So yeah, China clay, um, ch lots of different China clays from around the world. You know, again, could there be one that's like, you know, closest to you? So if you live near a, a source of EPK China clay, you know, then that might be a really good option for you. Or if you live like in Cornwall, right next to Egg China clay, where that's mined, that's a great option for you too, you know? So um, it really depends on like where you live and, you know, we're just trying to basically cut down the transport of those materials getting to you. Um, okay, so the next uh, material swaps are ones that are less about kind of the, 
the the haulage and co2 emissions from like transportation and they're more just about the supply chains for example so we've got um we've got material swap which is talc so you can swap out talc and swap in dolomite so talc and dolomite are very similar in a glaze. Um, you can use them kind of, they've got very similar chemical composition and you can, you can switch talc and dolomite um, in glaze recipes. So say, say you see a really nice glaze recipe, you're like, oh, it's lovely. I want to make it, you can, and it's got talc in it, um, you can switch the talc for dolomite instead. Um, and the reason for this is talc, um, has quite they're very difficult to trace in terms of its supply chain um the origins of talc in terms of the way it's the way it's mined and the way it's sort of mixed internationally is is really tricky so um talc is mined in different places some of it is legal some of it's illegal um there's been evidence uh, from organizations that have um, done research about the mining of talc and how it's um, it can uh, you know be used to fund certain activities such as um, terrorist activities so the illegal talc trade is is a real issue for like talc um, sort of sub global supply chains so if you wanted to kind of like avoid that so basically talc is mixed so you will never really be able to tell where your talc has come from um, so um, if you want to avoid that you can use dolomite instead and dolomite has got they've got it's a much clearer supply chain with dolomite so um, your pottery supplier should be able to tell you where the dolomite is actually mined and actually dolomite is quite often mined in the uk we've got like a good source of dolomite so um you know they'll probably your pottery supplier will probably be able to tell you yeah it's from this mine and it's you know it's quite often it might be even more local to you perhaps um so yeah so you can switch those two and then you can also switch um so metal oxides are i mean i've spoken about metal oxides quite a lot on this podcast they're one of the most well the least environmentally um kind of friendly pottery materials out there basically they're the one they're some of the ones that cause like the most kind of environmental harm the most co2 emissions from being um mined um because they quite often have to be mined with like um, um machinery that needs like fossil fuels and um, because the ore is degrading over time um, mining companies are having to use more and more energy and mine deeper and deeper to get um, the same kind of amount of metal, you know, oxides that they would need, the metal ore that they would need to make metal oxides and metal. So um, what can potters do about that? Because, you know, the color, colouring pottery, lots of potters want to colour their work and metal oxides are really how they do that. So there are different, op there are other options. So you can actually, potters can actually make their own metals from, um, own metal oxides from recycled metal. So I've done a whole episode on this and I actually, I do have um, details of how to make your own metal oxides in the book, Eco-Conscious Pottery Glazing. And there's also a video course, a mini course on the Oxford Clay website. If you were interested, you think, wow, that sounds really interesting. I wanna make my own metal oxides. Um, that course on the Oxford Clay website and also the book um, goes through how to make your own metal oxides from copper and from iron. So you can make iron oxide and 
a kind of copper oxide called verdigris, which you can use in pottery. So both of those you can use to colour pottery. So it's really cool. You can basically take metal that's already been made and you can, you're turning it back into metal oxides that you can use to colour your pottery. So it's like magic, it's amazing. So you can switch those out and yeah, I suppose you have like, you know, more limited colours you can make. So it's just kind of basically, you know, the iron would be brown and then copper would be, um, you know, would be uh, green in oxidisation firing. Um, but like, yeah, it's definitely an option if you wanted to maybe, you know, supplement some of the colours you're making, um, colours you're using, you could supplement them with, you know, recycled oxides that you've made yourself as well. So, um, yeah, so that's a really good material swap. Okay, and then the next um, thing that I tried in my pottery practice was that when I was making um, casting slip for the first time, in lots of the books, when I was reading the recipe, um, it needed this thing called soda ash. Um, and I knew just from reading about um, just different pottery materials that soda ash, um, like that the, um, the, the process to make soda ash um, can be quite sort of environmentally damaging. So I just wondered, I thought, what is this soda ash doing in pottery? I didn't really know what it was for, you know, what it was doing in the casting slip. And I just wondered, well, I wonder if I could just like, take it out because you I would say I you hardly needed any you know in the casting slip I just really didn't know you know what it was doing I already had a deflocculant um which is the the chemical that makes your slip like really runny um and um yeah and then and then I was adding the soda ash as well so I thought like maybe if I could just remove the soda ash and so I did I basically just um removed it from my casting slip and it was kind of exactly the same so I thought this is great I don't have to buy soda ash I don't have to you know, um, like sort of, yeah, sort of worry about this kind of where the soda ash is coming from. Um, I don't have to, you know, be purchasing this soda ash from this, you know, supply chain with causing potential harm to the environment and stuff. I can just literally, um, I don't have to use it. So yeah, I completely removed it. So that's another thing to think about. Could you just remove something from your pottery practice? Um, you know, is there something you could, that you're using that you maybe you can take away and you don't even, you know, it doesn't make any difference to your pot basically. Um, yeah, that's a possibility as well. Yeah, okay, so let's just summarize um, uh, the material swap episode, you know, and, and can you can you make some, you know, uh, can you swap some materials out to be more environmentally friendly in your pottery practice? Um, you know, perhaps you can, perhaps you can't, um, but here are some ideas, you know, just to get you thinking about it. So can you swap any materials that are mined far away for materials that are mined closer to you? So things like, for example, um, feldspar could be, you know, lot, there's lots of different feldspars. Could you pick one that's closer to you? China clay, there's different China clays. Could you again pick one that's like the closest to you? Um, can you switch uh, commercial metal oxides that you've bought from the pottery supplier? Can you switch them for like making your own metal oxides? Um, yeah, uh, which is really fun process. <laughs> from recycled metal um and can you remove anything from your pottery practice is there something you're using that you maybe don't even need and you could just save all that time resources you know money and just like take it out of your pottery practice so um you know for example soda ash um yeah so like it's been so great to have you on this episode thank you so much for joining me um I hope this has given you some ideas of things you can do and I'm really looking forward to seeing you on the next episode and until then very happy potting and I'll see you then
Bye. So if you enjoyed that and you're interested to learn more about eco-conscious pottery, head over to the Oxford Clay website, which is www.oxfordclay.co.uk. I can't wait to see you there.